What's up, guys? Welcome back to Engine 25 Reviews. Uh, this is a show where I invite friends, colleagues, academics, other people who are way smarter and more qualified than me, and we talk about movies and TV shows and generally nerd out about stuff we think is cool. Uh, if you like that, hit that subscribe button, ring that bell, and tell your friends. Right now, doing my best to get episodes out at least bi-weekly, usually on Sundays. Uh, not, uh, not always hitting that mark, but that's the goal. Uh, if you ring that bell, you'll never miss one. Uh, we're available on video on YouTube and as an audio podcast currently on Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, and Radio Public. Uh, just search Ninja 25 Reviews, no space in Ninja 25, or hit one of the links in the, in the notes down below. Uh, my name is Brandon. I'm your host. You can find me at Ninja 25 on all the things, sometimes with an underscore. Uh, today we're talking about Avatar The Way of Water, but before we get there... I want to uh, introduce our guest. Uh, today we have uh, Dr. Dan Singleton, regular guest on the show. He uh, earned a PhD in English with a specialization in film and media studies from the University of Rochester. He's a college professor. Uh, he's written in journals, and he's currently writing a book about fan or tours uh, in contemporary Hollywood movies and TV shows. Uh, and I'm not sure I know what that means, but it sounds pretty interesting. So <laughs> I'll check it out when it's ready. Uh, how are you doing today, Dan? Good. Uh, you can you can read that thing whenever you want because it's my uh, my dissertation and uh, oh perfect it's, uh, it's a fun it's a fun 299 pages of uh, me talking about you know Hollywood recent Hollywood movies and how they're uh, using the, the the fan branding like the director will kind of come out you know I'm a fan of stuff that just kind of gets worked into the movie and the public so that's 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 what I wrote about. Like when, um, like so, when they hire uh, Star Wars fans to make Star Wars movies, and and how well that tends to go. Was a uh, first film I write about, and after that, that was kind of the it was like starting there and just being like, oh wow, there's actually a lot of across a lot of different uh, kind of doing that same idea, you know, targeted to different fandom. Um, nice. So yeah, very much like, very much like you know, Star Wars is the um, Avatar. You know, I, I was interested in seeing one because it was never really like exactly the kind of stuff I wrote about, but it was kind of like, like James Cameron is like adjacent to a lot of this stuff. So, so it was. Uh, I don't know. I felt like I was back in grad student you know, bits and pieces of the Avatar experience. I was just thinking all about digital cinema and like these big kind of like you know like james cameron is like you know he is the auteur film and you know, it is very much like a like a director's movie you know for better or for worse maybe maybe a little bit of both but you're anyway, yeah, that's who i am nice always uh always happy to have you here uh what have um what have you been watching lately before we talk about avatar what, what else have you seen recently Oh man, yeah, great question. Um, you know, a lot of my my viewing in the last couple of weeks kind of oriented around Avatar, but kind of get you know pumped for the experience. Um, I did not. Uh, did you rewatch the uh, the first first Avatar before uh, all the sequel? I did, and. Um... Uh, viewers, I know his his mic's a little noisy, which we did not have in the pre-show, so I'm working on working on uh, banging that out as we go. But um, I I did, and you know, like I I've seen it a few times. 
I I'm a stalwart James Cameron fan. Um, and I, you know, I like the first Avatar. It's definitely it's definitely very simple, and it's a it's not that original a story. Um, for for the first movie in this world, that's probably the safest way to go. Um, as a you know, to, as opposed to to some big big grand story that has like a lot of really nuanced things to say. You know, it's very. Um, I would say the same about both Avatar films and even some of James Cameron's other work is it's not very subtle. Um, it's also, you know, in, in the case of the Avatar films, not very complex either. Uh, and it's because like, for better or worse, you come here for the experience more so than you come for the, the like, for more than you come for the script, um, I yeah. guess is, is where I'm trying to where I'm trying to go. But I'll also add that I don't think there's a whole lot of issues with it. It's you know it's very simple. It's kind of schmaltzy. Um, it it's more it gets the job done and gets you from A to B more than anything else. Um, and it's not nearly as nuanced as some of James Cameron's early work, but it doesn't. It doesn't happen. We were just talking in the pre-show. Like it's very, it's a very simple idea, and the di like the dialogue is like exactly what you'd expect it to be in any situation. Kind of like there's not a not a lot of nuance, but it's somehow it still works anyway. And it's because it's accompanied by visuals that are absolutely astounding, and even beyond that if it wasn't this this fantastic world that we were on like james cameron composes and stages all this stuff in absolutely the best way whether it's fantastical cgi footage or whether it were just filmed in a like on a soundstage in in the uk like aliens was you know that's a he's uh james cameron has always had an eye for cinema and for things that look things that look good on the big screen and for um for telling you things that you're you're not hearing in, in you know in the footage it's the i guess where he, he always knows where to put the camera and it's you know this this character's in the foreground for a reason or the the camera's low and it makes this character look tall and heroic or it the camera's low and it makes this character look big and scary you know it's the same same technique but it's used effectively in in different ways just for example you know um uh even even in this movie because uh, the navi characters uh the the aliens in the avatar movies for example are much bigger than humans they're about twice the size of a human being so uh, particularly if they're in scenes with humans they're they're shot very low and they look big because we're human beings and we're looking up at them um you know, just for example, but again, J you know, Jake Sully, the main character, he's shot at low angles and he looks big and strong and heroic. And he's this he's this great father who's just looking out for his family. And then you have Stephen Lang's character who, uh, minor spoiler alert, in this movie, he is in a Navi body uh, and kind of similar techniques. They they put the camera at at his waist level and you're looking up at him most of the time and he's big and intimidating. And even though it's kind of, you know, it's just. It's very simple, but it's always the best way. Like there isn't, and just James Cameron, 
for for all the weaknesses he has with the pen, he always knows where to put the camera, whether the camera was physical or virtual. Um, and he all, you know, it's his big sweeping wides and all the way down to his extreme close-ups. And there's always, he's always trying to tell you something, um, whether, uh, whether or not the, the dialogue always works. And it's just, uh, he's, yeah, this, this film uh, yeah, leans on bro way the Titanic leans on uh, Jack and Rick. You know, like whenever uh, James Cameron doesn't know what to write, he just writes characters saying the names of the characters. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you're unfortunately, you're. I'm not going to say you're wrong. Um, it's uh, you know, I don't, uh, I don't know where I'm. I'm kind of fumbling a little bit, but mostly just to say that. I I don't think Avatar the Way of Water or the first Avatar that's where we that's where we started as I was talking about my uh, how I feel about the first Avatar um yeah. and I I do really like it I think it's very simple I don't think it's a particularly inspired or original story necessarily but I think it's one of the better retellings of that story particularly in modern cinema um, and it's, it's definitely an experience and no, no one could stage the things in these two films, the way that James Cameron can and does, um, you know, and there are, there are big, there have obviously been big grandiose films in the past, uh, you know, like the Lord of the Rings films or, uh, uh, you know, Steven Spielberg has often worked on a big scale, particularly with war movies, that kind of thing. Um, and it's, it's different, but you know, those directors have their style and James Cameron has his, and it's like, it's just very big, but it's also never overwhelming, you know, cause it's always at the, it comes from a state of wonder. And in this, uh, in the way of water in particular, um, it's a lot of it is told from the perspective of the children, you know, so we've coming, coming into the first movie, uh, Jake Sully is our analog and he's the human fish out of water who's been dropped into this amazing place. Um, and now in this film, we have the children who grew up here, but you know, they're very young and they haven't seen the world yet. And yet again, they're experiencing a lot of these things for the first time, particularly with, uh, with the reef people and with the ocean. And it's, you know, it's, uh, I like, I can't gush about the visuals in this movie, enough like and they're really it's just something that has to be experienced like i can't describe it um i've always been a sucker for anything that takes place underwater you know i'm a big fan of the abyss um you know it's, every time james cameron makes a movie it's like for the ages <laughs> you know uh and it's maybe that's a big you know that's the big reason i i enjoy titanic so much even even now and i'm a big fan of the abyss which is a film that takes place um about 80 percent of it takes place underwater um it was uh it's a late late 80s movie um and then there's aliens and terminator 2 and terminator 2 like it's probably the best sequel ever made if, if yeah I, um, totally. Totally, um yeah amazing you know that, that's, that might be his best film you know? uh, no, oh yeah the, i terminator 2 is his masterpiece no no doubt um but that one holds up the best and it's got the best blend of like practical and computer effects really well integrated 
Yeah, that one's just uh, that one actually kind of alone among film as the script went through more drafts. You know, uh, you're you're probably right. You know, and he's um, there are other writers credited with the Wave Water. Uh, I think it was uh, Rick Jaffa and Amanda Silver. Yeah, so there's a um, big big handful of story by writers and then screenplay james cameron rick jaffa amanda silver um and rick jaffa and amanda silver are probably better at writing dialogue than james cameron um but there's definitely uh some other material here spread story-wise that probably didn't come from him um i guess the the things that work the best in my opinion and honestly the most surprising is like this is a family movie really like the main characters here are the children um jake jake and natiri are definitely there you know and they play major roles but we spend the most time with uh with their children and particularly um their their younger son and the this adopted daughter they have that we'll talk about a little more in spoilers because it's kind of a kind of a weird thing but it's no yeah like if it wasn't just tremendously violent like i and three hours long like i would say this is a family film you know it's a it's it's about the the middle son who's always getting in trouble and can never do anything right and that's you know, that's what that's the main character of Avatar of Avatar the Way of Water. Um, and he's just he, he no matter how hard he tries, he just always screws it up and everybody knows it. Um, and we've all been there. I'm the middle, I'm the middle son. You know, that's how that's how life was. All right. But um Um no, I'm just like I'm I pretty much agree with everything that's so far. Um, and maybe one thing that, uh, I mean, I, I've had this conversation or a conversation with like people for the last 12 years. I really liked the first avatar. I thought, I think, uh, I do too. I see it opening. I didn't see it opening weekend. I probably, it was like next week. Like, I saw it like, yeah, you know, right, right, right when it opened. Uh, and then I haven't seen it. And. I the closest I came uh, was I watched like like playing a little bit on ABC the other night, and I turned it on. And I probably watched like now, uh, like like fifteen minutes. Minutes. It was near the end. Like things were blowing up, happening. Excellent. Uh, and you know what? It like you know, that's obviously not the idea way to watch any bit of that movie but it was you know striking uh even just like pulling that one little chunk kind of in isolation that as kind of like the thing that sort of uh you know my that was my the full extent of my refresher right um and yeah i kind of you know i just immediately kind of flash back to take i had an avatar in 2009 and kind of the take i have about this film like if you're if you're getting too hung up on his dialogue not being great and being like cobbled together from lots of other things that he's found, I mean, I just 
I just don't think that's the point, you know. <laughs> I, like, I I agree with you, and it's point. you know it's not it's not the point or or the intention, you know. It's the and that the, despite it being so simple, like it it still works. And I think like maybe it's maybe the goal is that it doesn't like distract. Does that make sense? Yeah. You're... Yeah. I mean, it's well. It, well, he's he's trying to kind of do. Uh like an archetypal kind of thing. And this is, I mean, this has been his MO for forever. I mean, I, the, the other, one of the other films I rewatched, uh, uh, pregame was alien. I hadn't seen, I don't know. So it was, I basically was watching it time and, uh, it's the same thing kind of there. I mean, he, I, I mean, I would watch, I, I watch aliens like once a year. Like I, lo- I, lo- uh, I, I love that. And, and the Terminator films so much, at least the early Terminator films. Um, no, I mean, those are, uh, those are definitely, if you're ranking the James Cameron, they, they get top, you know, three slots basically. Right. Um, even there, it's kind of like, I mean, he's using archetypes, you know, the, the dialogue is often, it's not like quite so exposition heavy as like Christopher Nolan's dialogue example, where he just kind of like, will just like, you know, seemingly the characters info are dump constantly. Exactly. You know, I mean, and there, like, to be fair, like there, the first 20 minutes of both avatar movies is a lot of, Hey, this is, this is where we are. This is what's, yeah, this yeah. is what's happened up until now. But then they kind of move on from that very quickly. Like it's a lot of information up front, but like, I don't know. You mentioned Christopher Nolan. I could not get through. Well, I, I take it back. Like I've, I've watched tenant, but like you, you there, there's so much expository dialogue in in oh, yeah. like and it's just like it's just super pretentious and it's just like it's just, it's a lot of words all the time yeah well he'll, he'll like he'll try and he'll you know you know that he knows it because he's like he tries to mask it with having the actor like read the lines really fast and with a lot of intensity often while they're walking somewhere and then he'll have Hans Zimmer just like yeah <laughs> it's like, Here, yeah like he's really trying hard to like make the second um and you know cameron has that problem too a little bit they're very much kind of like they're they're similar filmmakers in many ways that's one of them um but like when it works i mean you know it's in aliens you know that's a great example of like you know he movie you know to kind of like a series of set pieces and with that in mind i mean that's kind of all you really need, you know, going back to what you were kind of saying earlier about, you know, plot kind of getting you from A to B. I mean, he's, he's very much kind of like in the movie around really kind of huge set piece sort of moments. Um, and, or, and, or, you know, just kind of building it around like, Hey, here's this world, you know, we're going to live in this world for three hours. Uh, and, you know, that's that's what he's thinking about when he's down and writing these stories. I mean, um, another film I watched. Uh, I'm going to keep answering that question. Over Hold on, Dan. Yeah, I rewatched the Brian. De- okay. Uh, okay. Cool. Yeah, I, I'm sorry, Dan. Go ahead. Didn't mean to interrupt you. Oh no, no, no. I'm, I just, you got. We got to have good audio. Uh, yeah, and uh, there, no, I been... watched um, the. Go ahead. 
was just saying, I was watching the um the Brian De Palma document. Thing you're into movies, go watch this uh, documentary. Of Brian De Palma talked about all of his movies and the lessons in them. Um, but the reason I bring this up is because he in his, the films that he wrote, you know, just explicitly kind of talks about how kind of a mat he sits down he's kind of imagining the movie in his head you know and he's building it around these images and these sequences and then you know once he's gotten you know like three or four of these like big sequences then it's just like okay what characters am i going to like pull through these um and people will sometimes kind of point to that and being like oh well the characters like this is bad bad writing and, you know, with Cameron and De Palma and directors who work this way, it's kind of like, well, I mean, by what yardstick? Because if you're talking about, like, writing that sets up and is kind of designed to support these really amazing sequences where the camera is going to be doing interesting things and, you know, or these visuals are really going to be captivating, then, like, like, you know, like, I mean, isn't that what, <laughs> isn't that what movies are for? Like, yes. I don't know. I mean, I... And I, I don't know. That's 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 always what I think about when I think about Avatar. Where I'm like, yeah, I mean, Titanic as well. I mean, I'm just like, yeah, I, I'm. I know that these movies are are dumb, for lack of a better word. I mean, they're just, you know, if I was just to read the screenplay, I would be like, I don't understand what people see in this. But they're they're but they're, it's not a it's not a novel. It's not a play. It's it's a visual experience, and so yeah. it's like. <laughs> I mean, and that's it, you, you just like said. Kind of, you know, set these sequences up. Yes. Um, and I mean, you just said, you just said it yourself. Like there, movies like Avatar are the reason that movies exist, because they can show you something that you can't see anywhere else. You know, and you can you can certainly elevate it beyond that. And there are certainly times where that approach doesn't doesn't work, but it's. You you can't. The world of Pandora wouldn't work as well if it were in a novel. I don't think. You know that is why. You know that's why this is a. That's why this is a movie and not a science fiction novel. You know, so it's right. The you know yeah, the, like the, if you wrote it out, I mean, go, you know, nothing is really original enough for it to really kind of work. Just reduced to the ideas like you know all of the exactly. things in here are kind of you've seen other versions of virtually everything in this you know if you're just kind of thinking about it from like okay yeah an underwater society the forest aliens i mean all this stuff is like not really that which is why people like to knock the first avatar you know or, and probably will knock this one too it's like yeah i mean it's not a but like you know you know, <laughs> neither Star Wars isn't very original either, and people people love that movie. You know, so it's like, who cares? You know, uh, the execution is original. That's the thing. Is you know, as you're saying, it's like you really uh, there is not another medium or even another film in this medium that is is showing you things quite like you're going to see them in this film, and you know, seeing it in a theater with the 3d glasses. I mean, that's kind of a, I don't know. It, it felt like it was a different kind of film going experience than you often 
get from like watching even like a Hollywood kind of movie. It was very oh, yeah. like like I it's not slow cinema by any means, but in some ways it kind of reminded me the experience of watching. I don't know. I watched uh, the Bellatar film Satan Tango uh right when i was leaving rochester it's like the seven and a half hour like art film black and white you know like long shots of like people just kind of walking down these desolate country roads you know presumably thinking about their lives and yeah there's not really a story there either you know it's 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 very much a film about putting you in this place and time for you know the duration of the of the film and there's a lot of ways that Avatar is kind of doing that, too, especially in the middle. Like the middle section is really kind of where like narrative almost falls away for a little while. And you're just kind of, you know, asked to sort of float in the water with these 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 people. You know? You're and just kind of exist in the same space as them. You know? You're you're absolutely right. And I think that is uh, a good point to move on to spoilers. I'll say that, you know, it's, we both like the movie. I definitely don't think it's perfect, but I also, you know, I don't know of another, there's no other director that could pull this off, you know, and let's just, let's like the first movie technology was invented to make this possible. You know, they've, the James Cameron has been filming underwater for decades in ways that other directors won't even attempt now he's done underwater motion capture and you know 40% of this movie or something is perform digital performance capture underwater you know and it's uh it's 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 incredible um he, yeah, he, i mean they, well, that's, that's go ahead. one of the things uh i mean I, I i i you get the sense i mean I, this is where i'm going to get kind of like sentimental and i'm going to you know probably use some clichés but like, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Like, James Cameron is very much, like, in... He's a Hollywood guy. He's working in the blockbuster tradition. You know, he always has... Like, dude cannot imagine making a movie for anything less than, like, a billion dollars, it seems. You know, it's like, there's a lot of ways where, like, James Cameron is, like, just, you know, the face of the machine, you know? Just, like, this big, profitable, like, blockbuster, you know, maker. Um, but, you know, I don't know. It's like, there's something, maybe just like, you know, as he has kind of gotten so successful in that mode that he can kind of like do whatever he wants to a degree. Um, you, I, I don't know. I mean, maybe this is, again, this is like the romantic, like film nerd in me, but like compared to some of the other like blockbuster kind of action films on this scope and budget level that you're, you, you and I have seen over the last 10 years um they're not usually as quirky you know like there's <laughs> like you really like you really are spending a lot of time with like james cameron's obsessions and you can totally tell if you didn't know already that yeah this is a guy who really likes shipwrecks and sinking ships and underwater stuff and he likes it you know like you know he's, he's made a number of documentaries that are largely about undersea exploration you know like there there are huge swaths of james cameron's career where he's not releasing movies and it's not because he's not busy you know abyss, bro. yeah it goes to the abyss and we just watched um IMAX. amazing at, um at at work we're the best film uh 
we're at work. We're changing the ceiling lights in my auditorium and it's awful. And we have movies playing on the big screen. Uh, and the other day we watched deep sea challenge, uh, the, uh, the recent documentary he did since the first Avatar film where he goes to the bottom of the Mariana Trench. You know, this is like this. He's crazy. No. That's yeah. Cool. Um, I, I, I definitely but recommend. Like, um, go ahead. I know. I was going to say, you kind of want that. Like you want, you know, I don't know. I mean, the other, another film I watched recently uh, while, you know, kind of, Riding the Avatar train was uh, one of Space Odyssey. Nice. Uh, which, you know, maybe the greatest movie ever made. Uh, I'll, maybe. I'll throw that out there for people to, you know, uh, react to. But, um, you know, it's, it's, there's, there's some Kubrick qualities in James Cameron where he's like, you know, Kubrick did the same thing. He like had people make cameras so that he could film, you know, scenes by candlelight. You know, and it's like literally kind of, you know, seeing the the artistic process kind of, you know, of the of, of technology improving and vice versa. Um, and I don't know, I don't think Cameron, I mean, few people are as good as Kubrick, so I'm not going to set them into comparison with each other. But like, I do, I know Cameron uh, has kind of kept alive this old Hollywood tradition of like, once you've achieved all of your money and your success and like people are just going to give you things because you, you know, you're, 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 as he said, king of the world, uh, <laughs> you can kind of go a little weird and quirky and crazy and you can like put in a bunch of stuff that probably like you could argue doesn't need to be there, you know, like you could cut it or it's, it's, or it's kind of silly. You could rewrite it, but you know what? He's, he's, he's at that point and so it's i don't know like even though it's like the most expensive movie ever made it's a huge blockbuster it very much kind of feels like a quirky sort of passion project that you know some you know that, that he's been working on for a while it, and, it uh, absolutely I, I, is i like that That's... because i just don't see it anymore very much you know if uh, um, especially in that genre so you know they the director comes back around to make his passion project and it is not something like avatar, you know, like, um, and not to say that other directors haven't done something similar, you know, like, uh, Steven Spielberg has been talking about making, uh, a musical or make remaking West side story for decades. And then he finally did it. And you know what? It's pretty good, but you know, it's, it is not, it's, made under a reasonable budget um he didn't invent any technology <laughs> in order to achieve it and i'm not i'm not trying to disrespect <laughs> it at all because it's a fantastic film um but you know that's even even other similar directors who Gilbert wants to make 12 more movies before he dies james cameron you know james, james cameron hasn't made okay, 12 movies and you know. might not get there before he retires <laughs> but yeah, I mean, no, he's he's well, he's beating. You know, if we're going to compare him to Kubrick, he's uh, he has exceeded Stanley's old uh, old record of like twelve years between movies. You know, he's like making that his small like thing. <laughs> so it's like, it was it was twelve yeah, years between cool. Titanic it's, and uh, Avatar, and it's been thirteen that's, that's years since. Do it, I guess. Yeah. Okay, so I'm um I'm gonna go ahead.
and hit the spoiler thing. There's definitely some some specifics I'd like to touch on while I've got you here, but it's you know, we've been talking about how like ultimately this is a very uh your Danny, you still with me? You're frozen. Stand by, guys. I like I like the uh, it's a cliche to say, but I like the personal touch, I guess, is my my point. Because uh, you just don't get it. And I just I feel like I don't get that in the Marvel movies that I've seen. It doesn't feel very, you know, there's no there's not whenever they try to get quirk too quirky, they uh, they fire those directors uh, and find, <laughs> find less less quirky people. <laughs> yeah, people that are going to listen to them, you know, and uh, yeah, J- James they, Cameron has a history of of not doing what the executives tell him to do. Um, yeah, right. No. And he's, uh, at least the way he describes it, it's very, uh, it's, they're always very cantorous conversations where he, uh, just is like, Oh, I'm sorry. Did we forget who made Titanic? It's me, <laughs> not you. I paid like, for this building. Like, yeah. Uh, good times. Yeah, good time. right, uh, yeah. You know, I mean, he's, a uh, he's, you can't say he doesn't have an ego. But um, yeah, very much so. So the the conceit here, um, with Avatar: The Way of Water is that uh, Jake has been living as a Navi, uh, the as one of the natives uh, for fifteen years, and the the humans come back. Um, but Jake has raised a family, and he has two sons and a daughter of his own, and they've adopted a daughter. Uh, that is, these are all all Navi. Obviously, they've adopted a daughter that is the biological daughter of Doctor Grace Augustine's avatar, Sigourney Weaver's character from the first movie, and it's played again by Sigourney Weaver, which is very cool and kind of weird. Um, and then they also have a uh, you know there there are humans who stuck around, uh, and there's a human named Spider that kind of hangs out with them. Uh, even though he's not, you know, he's not a, he's not Navi. He's not really part of the family, but he prefers to hang out with the Navi out in the wild than he does with the humans in the lab. Um, and after some time, humans have come back and they very quickly reestablish a base. Um, and then uh, Jake, and what I thought was a very cool uh, action beat early in the movie, um, you know, they're, uh, there uh, is kind of established that the Navi are raiding the humans uh, bases and like convoys for supplies. Uh, and there's a really cool thing where they crash a train like pretty, pretty early in the movie. Um, yeah. 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 Um, and then but eventually it comes out that um, Colonel Quaritch, Stephen Lang's character, is back. They uh, apparently all the Marines before the big climax fight in the first Avatar, they were required to download their consciousness consciousnesses into like computers so they could be backed up and planted into new bodies later on. Blah blah blah. Sci-fi mumbo jumbo. Uh, and so Stephen Lang's character is brought back as a Navi character, which is pretty cool. Um, and uh, I'm just going to throw out that I think he's way better in this movie than he was in the first one. And he's no less scene chewy, you know, like his, 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 his very, everything he does is very ham fisted, like very simple dialogue in the first movie. And he's playing the same character, but with a lot more, there's a lot more to him this time. Um, anywho. He so the, a, um, 
well, James Cameron loves his 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 villains are always like twirling their mustaches. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, in, in the first movie, he had like the big scar. Like, well, this guy is like, I mean, Jimmy Boy outdid himself this time because uh, few of like like it used to be that like Billy Zane and Titanic was like the high watermark for uh, like ridiculous, you know, cartoon villains. Paul Reiser, uh, dude. But now, this, but now this guy. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. No, he. But he's no. But like, yeah. No, he's he's pretty slimy too. He's he's absolutely a. Uh, the guy from Aliens is absolutely a, a mustache twirler, but I, the new champion is uh, Stephen Lang in this film. Like, just he just the first scene there, he's like, "Yep, you're not me, but you have my memories. <laughs> my memories really hate this guy. Yeah, so why don't you go kill him?" And that's all. That's all the motivation. And that's that's all we need. No, yeah. And so it it comes all, out that he's um that he's back, and he kind of has this vendetta against Jake uh, and Natiri, obviously. Um, because they, uh, ultimately, you know, they, they caused this uprising that led to the downfall of the other human colony and they killed him. Um, so he finds out, oh shit, I'm dead and I, I'm going to come find this guy. And that's like the first hour or so of the movie. And then, uh, Jake, you know, it finds out that they're looking for him specifically. So he takes his family and runs off to the reef people, you know, and that's the, the this movie like is very clearly like old school three act big you know blockbuster kind of structure that's the the first chunk is um the you know the humans get back and they find out that the humans are looking for them uh you know that takes about an hour there's a couple of action beats in there and then they move on to the meet the reef people and here's this like long center section of the movie you were talking about before where like it's more just about learning how to be, how to exist with the reef people again, or like, and just experiencing the new wildlife and seeing what life is like for the, the aquatic Navi. And it's actually like, it's interesting. It's a different kind of race almost. They, you know, instead they, they have like flippers on their arms and they have thicker tails. Um, you know, they're more, more adapted to, to living in water than the forest people. Um, and, you know, and the, the, middle son loak you know he had, creates this bond with a whale um and that's but like kind of like you were saying this it's about an hour of the movie and the plot really just kind of falls away you know there's some definitely some stuff like the it's high school drama the kids getting the new kids getting bullied by the by the 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 jocks and um you know he he meets the cute girl who sticks up for him and you know that kind of stuff but the you know the real momentum of the movie kind of slows so you can take a a very long breath <laughs> to be fair and like absorb all these amazing visuals and these amazing sea creatures um and then the last the, the last third of the movie this the latter 70 minutes is like just a non-stop like action scene on a scale that like we haven't really seen since the lord of the rings except it's like okay imagine the flying battle in the first avatar except now everything's on the water um and it's uh you know that's when you i just told you the whole movie in like four minutes you know it's very <laughs> simple but there's it it's got it where it counts if you if you ask me and it's the you're not coming to this movie for like all the nuanced storytelling. You're you're coming 
for for the amazing visuals and to see the cool sea creatures and to see all the humans get get murdered violently by blue people and sea monsters. That's why you're here. Um, and you get that in spades for three hours and 12 minutes. Yeah, I mean, that's uh, that's exactly it. I mean, it's a uh, it's a movie in the grand tradition of like big crazy ridiculous like let's just let's just like spend all the money you know like build the biggest sets you know just really, but they don't really build any sets. sets the sets are all virtual actually you know what the it seemed like and i could be wrong but it really seemed like the the boats that the human characters are using were filmed practically on actual water and then like they would superimpose stephen lang's character digitally like traditional traditional digital effects as opposed to everything's animated it seemed like that was the case to me and maybe it just looks so good that that's not true and they're the boats are all cgi also but like it really seemed to me that the like the the dinghies and stuff maybe not the big ship but like the little motor boats that the humans were riding around on were were filmed were built physically and filmed practically i think and that you know i don't know that for sure but that's just my guess based on the visual of it um yeah well i mean it's this is a you, you're probably right i mean yeah it's like one recurring thought that i had while watching the movie was like just basically like at what point can we just like what at what point do we just go ahead and say like this is an animated film you know i mean and that like, you know there's probably uh <laughs> There is much less live action photography in this movie than there was in the first, right? Most Almost in the like the exception when you see a live action element. It's true. You know? Yeah, it, the, it almost, it's not. It's very like. I mean, it's all very like seamless. Um, you know, the, the it very much like you know the the goal is to. And he's been doing this for thirty years, but like. The goal is to have like the photographic and the computer generated elements be virtually indistinguishable from each other. Uh, and, you know, that's that's very much the case here. But like there's so much that is built kind of virtually that it just it just, you know, I, I was kind of like just wrestling with basic, you know, tax taxonomy, taxonomic kind of questions about like, OK, is this an animated film like this? Like, theoretically, win the Oscar for best film, you know, and like, probably not, but like, but why not, you know? Is it, is I, well, like, I would, so anyway, very quickly, I would argue that there's no reason animated films should not be el eligible to win best picture. Not that we've never had one. We've never had one that's won before, but there have been a handful that have been nominated. So even if we even if we decide that Avatar is animated, you know, and so be it, it doesn't I don't think that should mean it should be eligible for any fewer awards than it would be if that were not the case. But that's but that's what you're what you're pointing out is is really interesting because. You know what? What you're highlighting is that animated film is not necessarily a, a descriptive category, describing like what materials the movie is being made with. You know, animated. Right. I mean, and that is an important thing to to note. You know, I am a believer in in mo in performance capture. Right. These they, they are these characters are not 
uh, keyframe animated. It is actors who are delivering a performance that is captured. You know, they're the physical movements that they perform are captured in a 3D space by the computer and applied to a character. Uh, that exists in the computer. It's not an animator that's doing this, and you know, and there there may be a a, a touch up here or there, but it's not it's not the same as an animated film. Like it's not Toy Story, where everything that the character, every movement the character does comes from an animator, and the only thing the actor provides is the voice. You know, it's um, yeah, right. And I am I'm a believer in the process, uh, and it would. It's more akin, in my opinion, and I I think I've heard James Cameron say something similar, like it's not eliminating working with actors. He's working with actors, but it's eliminating like the time in the makeup chair. It's more akin to putting makeup or like a fantastical prosthetic on an actor than it is to than it is to add like traditional animation. Um and you know, and I and I fully believe in that process. And it's, uh, I don't think Hollywood has totally come around to the idea of it yet, um, because the people that decide what gets nominated are old and stuffy and pretentious. But you know, it's a, uh, it's, it's. I I just want to be, be clear that like it's a very different process than traditional keyframe animation, um, because it's a very like actor centric capture process just like yeah. filming with traditional cameras yeah right no no totally um but you know what we're what we're what's what we're getting at here uh is that you know it's it's this distinction between animated and live action i mean one is it really about what is happening in the film or is it just as much about like value judgments that get attached to animation as like a children's medium versus live action is like serious adult cinema. Animation um, is not a children's medium. Animation is, is a method with which you can, you, you make films. You know, uh, anyone who thinks animation is a children's medium should watch Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio that I was, tr I was trying to find some time to review it on the show yeah, right. that may or may not happen, but it's on Netflix and it's fantastic. And it is not for children. Um, and that's not, yeah, even, right. you know, it's not, there's no sex. It's not, it's not terrifically violent. It's just thematically very mature and it's, uh, it's absolutely beautiful and it's a complicated, nuanced story that, you know, children, I'm sure if I was, if I was six years old, like I would have thought it was cool. I loved, uh, I, you know, I'm, I've always been a big lover of nightmare before Christmas. And it's like, Oh, look, I love stop motion animation. I'll watch this. And I probably would have liked it, but I would not have understood it. You know, it is a it's it's as complex as any other of Guillermo del Toro's films. Um, and it's stop motion animation. You know, um, animation is not, as you said, a children's medium. Um, and certainly, you know, there are as uh, as I was saying, like the with actors performances, um, it's very different than animation. There are a lot of there's a lot of wildlife in these films then, you know, and that's obviously where the, where the conversation becomes more cloudy. Um, in my opinion, you know, I don't think that the Navi performances in this movie are animated. They are digitally captured 
performances delivered by actors, as I said before. But there's also, you know, there's whales there, you know, and all these amazing fish creatures. And no, there's no analog for those in the real world that you could um, film. You, you could use it as reference, but you know, wh whales in the real world don't have don't have 17 fins or whatever, you know, so it's you can they can use those th uh, live action animals as behavior references. But those parts of the film are animated and, right. you know, again, is is Avatar a family film? Maybe, maybe not. There's a lot of family family centric themes in it. It's also terrifically violent as far as PG-13 movies go. You know, it's, I, it's not bloody, but there's a lot of death. There's notable moments of dismemberment, um, etc. Yeah. Well, let me um, back up a minute and uh, yeah, please. approach this point from a different angle, because uh, what was really, really fun to me about being a uh, grad student and doing a PhD in film studies uh, and, and being a teacher of film studies for a little while was, um, you know, reading a lot of film theory, you know, from, from, you know, throughout the 120-ish years film has been around and seeing people kind of cycling back over and over again to some really, really basic questions about, you know, to quote the title of Andre Bazan's famous book, What is Cinema? And one of the, the you know, the things that, people talk about over and over again, you know, throughout the history of like people writing about movies is just like, what are the basic like raw materials of film? And for a lot of years, you know, like for most of the medium's history, like the, the default assumption was real stuff out in the world is the raw material of cinema. There's a whole like school of film theory uh, built around, you know, just like, valorizing the idea of like going out and finding some cool locations some like really scraggly looking dudes and like trusting that the camera will pick up on natural beauty that has kind of all gotten blown up with, with digital stuff and now there's been a bunch of conversations about like well was that ever true or you know there have always been movies like the cabinet of dr caligari where sets are being painted on behind the actors and, you know, having some animated films, you know, haven't, haven't, hasn't rotoscoping kind of been like dissolving some of these boundaries between like what's really there, you know, on in the world and what's being kind of created by an artist. And what was exciting about the first Avatar and this one, too, is it's, it's kind of like a three hour invitation to like think about these like really foundational questions about what what is cinema like what is the material of cinema like because as you're saying i mean it's, it's really really kind of with something this complex where there are actors being motion captured and then computer you know people kind of come in and sort of do the makeup and all that stuff then like there's also a whole other crew of people who are building like these you know completely fantastic worlds in computers and maybe they're using like real whales as references, or maybe they're having to kind of just then all this stuff themselves, you know, because it doesn't exist in the real world. But when you're watching the movie, you're like, my God, there's like all of these elements. Some of it's actually there. Some of it's not. And it's so like thoroughly integrated that some of these questions about like pulling apart 
don't know. Now I'm kind of trailing off here, but like, that's not something I, I, I get from a lot of films of this like level, you know, like there's very, there's a lot of movies that use CGI and use it very extensively and use it very well, but maybe because a lot of movie people just aren't as crazy and as obsessive as James Cameron, like to back, back to what we were saying earlier, like there's just like a level of obsession and thoroughness here that just like, it's, it's all just so much farther beyond other things that you've seen. So it, it was hard for me not to kind of just really hard theory thoughts about like, is this still film? Like, is this still film as it was traditionally <laughs> imagined, you know, a hundred years ago? Like, well, yeah, kind of, you know, in some way, you know, like that's, that's, that's an exciting, you know, thing to, to do during a movie, you know? Um, uh, <laughs> I don't know how we got on the, I, I'm, I've lost my own point, but that's a, uh, just, just a lot of theory thoughts kind of, you know, can happen in, in a screening of this movie. The uh, well, it's a film. I can I can answer that for you. This is a, this is a film. <laughs> yeah, but um, what what is a film? Like, yeah, what is what is a film? You know, um, it was not shot on. It was not recorded on film. You know, that's that's right, not yeah, not see? a thing anymore. Um, no, yeah, it's yeah, just. Uh, I mean, and we can and we can we can dribble on about uh, technology and stuff. Um, all all we want there, uh, but there is. Um, there is some. There's a there's a thematic thing here uh, having to do with a specific character that I do want to talk about, um, and then we're uh, we'll probably uh, do some do some closing. Uh, I want to mention uh, Kiri, who is the teenage character played by um, Sigourney Weaver. Uh, like we said earlier, the character is uh, the. Um, Jake and Neytiri adopted her. It's a character that is bo- that was born of Dr. Grace Augustine's avatar, her Navi body, um, kind of inexplicably. They don't know who the father is, but they're, uh, as we go through the movie, we notice some interesting things about Kiri. Um, first of all, like I noticed uh, before anything got super weird that she she seems to be able to stay underwater much longer than other navi even she can uh, even like the reef people you know the um most of our characters our main cast jake's family uh grew up in the forest and you know they know they have to hold their breath underwater but they're not you know they're they haven't grown up underwater they're they're not used to staying on there under there for a long period of time uh and of course there's a there's a big uh big exciting thriller beat uh, midway through the movie that has to do with, uh, Oh God, this thing's coming after me, but I can't hold my breath any longer. Um, but you know, even, even the reef people, they have a limit to how long they can stay underwater and there are, they have methods to, to get past that or whatever. But Kiri, she just seems to hang out like for un it unspecific, very long lengths of time. Um, and then later on, she, uh, you know, the, the fauna on Pandora, they have this, uh, the 
this thing that comes out of the back of their head and the Navi can connect to other wildlife and stuff. And she does, um, she does that too, but she's, she seems to have some sort of control over wildlife that other Navi do not. Um, but she's, we find out she's also epileptic. She's prone to, uh, she's prone to having epileptic seizures and passing out. And she has a really bad episode underwater and she almost doesn't make it through. Um, but then at the end of the movie, she kind of comes through and saves the day. And the, it's like a weird, I guess what, what I'm talking about is like, is there some analogy here or am I, am I thinking about it too much? Like, is this a, is it a, a it's obviously something spiritual, but like, I don't, I wouldn't think that, James Cameron would make a statement about like a Christ type figure, but you know, it's, I would say that in the, the characters in the movie don't know who her father is. Um, and it's yeah, kind of implied. Right. It might be a like, it might be child, the child of Awa and Awa is the, that's what the Navi call their God, their deity. Basically it's the spirit of nature. And it's the thing, you know, the, the energy force that connects all things, in in nature um you know so is that a is this a uh like a jesus christ like virgin situation is it a yeah. born of the midichlorian situation Do you, did you have any <laughs> thoughts about this as the movie was happening like it's no, it, it stood I'm, out to me you know i'm glad i i didn't know this is not something i i noticed and i'm now that you're talking about it i'm thinking back and i'm like oh yeah you know they they do kind of say that they don't know who her dad is and they don't think they ever resolve I mean, that. They do don't, they? Yeah, they don't, they, they don't resolve <laughs> it and they don't spend a lot of time talking about it, but you know, no. there's, there's enough of these little beats that, uh, with Kiri that like, I, something's going to happen in the next, I don't know if it's going to be one film or three at this point. It depends on how much money this makes, but there's more <laughs> avatar coming. Um, and I'm just curious if you have any, film? the third one already like didn't he film two yes and three? Like um two yeah. two and three are filmed back to back and the the yeah. live photography of avatar four is completed they haven't done the motion capture stuff so like there's a there's a small chunk yeah. of avatar four that's even in the can already um and it's because they don't want they don't want the younger human characters to age out and stuff so it's um yeah, okay but no, yeah, the yeah. Avatar three is in the can, and that one is coming out. But you know, depending on how this one does, they might change the ending of Avatar three and wrap it up there, or we might get five of these, and so we'll see how it goes. Yeah, right. I, I, I'm skeptical. I mean, I was skeptical that this one would ever come out. You know, it sounded like you know, it sounded like James Cameron was just off in crazy land. You know, and he was like, I'm going to make five of these you know, in <laughs> 2009. So I'm amazed this one came out. But like it definitely like a lot of bits of like like there's a lot of things in the in the script where you can just kind of like you can just kind of sense that like oh yeah like there's more to explore here and that's not to say that there, you, you know, know there it's not like blatant foreshadowing or like it's not wasting screen time tell, telling you about things that you're not going to see for years and it's also you know this movie has a clear ending there's a story that it wants to tell and it gets to the end of that story and it wraps up you know so it's not it is a another chapter in ultimately an ongoing story but it's not like it's not super episodic or serialized in that way. It's just, you know, just like the first Avatar film has a, you know, it has a beginning, a middle and an end. And if it never got a sequel, it would have been totally okay. And this movie yeah. is, 
is the same way. You know, like if we didn't know we yeah. were getting another movie, this could be with they've, you know, it, it wraps itself up enough. And there are certainly some things left open that we could explore later, but there isn't like they're not banging you over the head with, oh, or there's, there's more sequels coming. Yeah. Which I appreciate, yeah, they, they to be don't... honest. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, I mean, there's, yeah, there's a little cliffhanger in the way that the, uh, the Stephen Lang character, right. you know, in classic James Cameron fashion, it's just like, oh, can't let this bad guy die, <laughs> even though he's a bad guy, and I know that he's a bad guy. Uh, so there's a little bit of that, and it, but most of it's on the level of, like, and, you know, it, it's it's the world-building stuff. Like, you can tell that, like, the thing he cares about like the movie cares about more than anything else is like the world building, just like the moments where it can tell you about the culture and kind of show you like how they live and all that stuff. And a lot of the places where it felt like, Oh, you know, there's, there's more here is kind of like in the, the lore realm, you know, it felt oh, like, yeah. like, Oh yeah. Like there's definitely like James Cameron definitely had like a big binder full of details, you know, and <laughs> we're going to get more of them, you know? And I, and I like that. It's like, it, it kind of, you know, it's a, you know, some of the immersive quality of the film. I mean, obviously, some of it comes from like the 3D and the IMAX and all that. But like some of the immersive quality of the film is just related to the sense that there's like a world beyond the frame, you know, that you're not seeing. Uh, and some of these unanswered questions just sort of contribute to that. Some of these things that aren't fully explained about like why certain characters can do whatever. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, I had about the, uh, you know, but yeah, like that, the stuff with Kiri seems like it could be set up some more like, you know, ways to work in, you know, the weird spiritual religious, you know, <laughs> some mystical stuff, you know, into this world. Save the trees, save the whales. The third one's got to do, you know, got to have some kind of like new hook to, uh, there, I mean, you know, James Cameron does a lot of a lot of talking, you know, and he's he we've known since or he mentioned years and years ago that like the second movie would have to do with the oceans of Pandora. He's also mentioned that he wants to explore other it's is it polyphemous? I don't know. I, I did some reading on Wikipedia, but you know, Pandora is actually a moon of a much larger planet. And that's, oh, you, yeah, know, the, yeah, yeah. The, you know, they, they get the eclipse and stuff, you know, cause the, when their planet passes behind and that's, that's where their nights come from. But like, there are other moons. So we may go to some other moon, uh, at some point there's, he's been talking recently that like the fourth or fifth movie might show us what earth actually looks like. Um, Damn. You know, and so, you know, but James Cameron talks a lot. And at this point, we don't know if we're ever going to see any of those other movies. So it's. I hope you know. we do. I hope we get to. I, uh, me too. You know, you're and you're absolutely right. You know, like he's there is so much here that we're like, probably even if we get five movies, like there's so much written that we're never going to see. And it's, it's like the you're the yeah. you put it really eloquently in like the world beyond the frame. You know, yeah. like there's it's there there's so much richness to this like world and this this wildlife that that they've created um and it's just like it makes it seem like it's a place we could really go oh yeah like if, totally. in in a way that other movies try and fail you know and, it, and it's or like try so hard to reach and just never just never get to that immersive quality that that these avatar movies have achieved and like and that's probably the 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 thing that will that will make them continue because you can't 
I don't know, like uh, 3D home viewing has kind of like gone by the wayside. You, you, we still periodically get movies in 3D. Uh, very few of them are are captured in 3D the way Avatar is. So you know that's I think that's relevant. But it's and I also I didn't I saw an IMAX 2D showing, so it was big, but it wasn't it wasn't 3D or high frame rate. Um, I was it variable? I, it might have been variable frame rate, and that you know this weird weird camera tools that we should probably make more use of, and nobody does after the the Hobbit movies were received so weirdly, but. Um, <laughs> Yeah, the Hobbit movies. Yeah. I, I I like one of those Hobbit movies, and there's the first the, one. I like the first one, and then there's some other. There's there's a lot That's of good awesome. stuff in the second one. Like everything with the dragon is amazing. Uh, other than that, they're very weird and not very good. Um, anyway, I'll, um, uh, I'll, the Rankin Bass uh, animated Hobbit is like my that was my gateway into Lord of the Rings fandom. So uh, that's. That that was always going to be the bar. <laughs> that's fair. Um. Anyway, I I think that's good. Like we we both like the movie, and like and I can't gush about the the visuals anymore. Like, but I can't I can't stop. So I like might as well I might as well just call it. You know, there's there's so much to be said, um, about Pandora and all of these amazing creatures that we're we're introduced to here. But it doesn't really do any of it justice, you know. And if you, frankly, if you liked the first Avatar, you'll probably like this one. If you didn't like the first Avatar, you may or may not. Like I've actually heard some people they were like, "Yeah, that first movie was was just like boring, the blue Pocahontas or whatever." Um, uh, and then they, I've actually, you know, had some friends see this and say they like it much better. I've also seen a lot of people saying, well, I didn't like the first one. This is exactly the same. I don't care. You know, so it, it, it is what it is. So, but I, I recommend for sure that people go see it for themselves and make up their own mind. Um, but uh, I, at this point, any, any closing thoughts, Dan? Yeah. I mean, I, I completely agree. It's like, if you uh, didn't like the first film, I don't think anything in here is really going to, change that but i would recommend avatar to you know basically anyone who liked the first film you'll you'll like it uh other people i'd recommend it to like i would actually you know i would i would push my uh some of my academic like film scholar friends i would be like no you should see this because this is like kind of existing so far on out there on the cutting edge of like what film technology can do that you are going to be thinking about, you know, some of these really foundational kind of like film, like what is film? Like you will be, you will be kind of grappling with that. And that's really cool. The other people I'd recommend it to is just like, you know, if you want to see something that's, you know, really stupid ambitious and you know really is just kind of maybe like kind of full of itself in believing that it can it alone can show you something you haven't seen before i mean if you if you're at all kind of drawn to like these big extravagant like you know like these big big extravagant like you know crazy visionary kinds of like experiments that you know occasionally like will get popped out of the hollywood machine every now and then like it, much in that that tradition and you know you'll you'll have a good time on that level so so yeah great stuff i i really enjoyed it um you know if i get another chance i might go back and see it again because it's like this is 
like you know again what is cinema like well it's partly the cinematic experience and so there's yeah, there's so much coming out right now that I want to see. I actually I, I had a chance to see the whale yesterday. I really like that. Uh, there's some more stuff coming out after Christmas. But yeah, like I definitely want to try to find a time to check this out in theaters once more. Um, and I'll I'll definitely you know I'll be first in line at Target when it when it hits uh, Blu-ray. But also, why is there they they did a, a 4K remaster of the first Avatar. Uh, with you know, it's just high high resolution and HDR and the whole works, and you can't stream it anywhere. It's not available on disc. What gives? Like, and it's probably going to be in a very expensive two pack in the spring. But oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, probably. But uh, anyway, um, We've got the angles all worked out that way. You know, absolutely. Uh, and as always, thanks for watching, everybody. Uh, if you want to hear more, don't forget to like and subscribe. My name is Brandon. I'm Engine Twenty Five on all the things, sometimes with an underscore. Uh, you can find us on YouTube and podcast services by searching Ninja 25 Reviews. No space in Ninja 25. Uh, we'll be back soon with a new review. And until then, go watch a movie.